Hello and welcome to The Little Simple Life, a podcast about living your most intentional, inspiring life. Stepping outside the box, walking your own path and living a life you dream of. I'm Amy, 30-something mum of two living just outside London. These podcasts are love notes from me, sharing the things I know I would want and sometimes need to hear. I've been a writer and a content creator for 16 years and creating content that speaks not only to you, but to myself too, is something I'm so passionate about. Choosing a different life, a life that steps away from the status quo, a life that is both extraordinary and questions the norm is so beautiful, but it also throws up a lot of questions. Am I doing the right thing? What do others think of me? It can also be the beginning of opening your thoughts to so much more. It is the beginning of a journey that starts with you, a question on your mind as well as in your heart. If you're here, I know you feel it too, that there is something more, that there is more than the life society tells us there is and that we should want for ourselves. You can choose a different direction. In these episodes, I'm going to delve into what it means to walk a different path. From educating our children outside the school system, to living in a small home by choice, surrounding ourselves with a life of intention instead of living a life of default, and so much more. I welcome you to come on this journey with me, to open your heart and mind to a different way of living. Whether you're already walking your own path, are keen to make a change, or just want to learn a little more, I thank you for joining me. I hope you find what you're looking for with the words of these podcasts, and I hope they speak to you in your own unique way. You can find me over on Instagram at The Little Simple Life, where I share more about our journey. And if you two have an account there, I would love to connect with you. It can feel lonely forging a path that is different from the norm, but I just want you to know you aren't alone. You too can create the life you want to live. I would be so grateful if you could leave me a rating, a review, a share on social media, or recommend me to a friend who you think might like to hear these words too. Thank you so much for joining me here. Okay, so for today's episode, I'm going in deep and I'm opening up. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm fairly open about talking about this. But I am going to give you a trigger warning now. This episode is going to be about breastfeeding and breastfeeding grief and trauma. If you aren't in a space where you feel like this is something you can listen to, then please protect yourself and click off and go and listen to one of my other episodes. Okay. I want to preface this with, I guess, a little request. Please be kind. Please be kind to me. This is difficult for me to open up about. Not as difficult as it used to be, but it's difficult nonetheless. But it's a really important topic and I would be doing myself a disservice if I don't put that here. Okay, on with the show. I'm a mum of two, as you guys know. And when I had my first daughter in 2019, I did all the things. And when I say that, I mean... I prepped like there was nothing more left to prep. I had plenty of time. 
I did the classes and I kind of feel like I was fairly clued up on stuff. I made it my intention that I wanted to breastfeed my daughter. Now she's just turned three, so we're talking a few years ago now. But breastfeeding, grief and trauma doesn't go away. So this is my story. While I was prepping for her arrival, one of the things we did was take an NCT class. I loved my NCT classes. I made a couple of really great friends and we're still really good friends today. We did all the normal baby prep stuff and we specifically had a breastfeeding workshop as part of that. I felt like the workshop was really in-depth and I felt like I learned so much about breastfeeding and I was really, really keen to give it a go. I was also quite open to the idea that, if not, I would formula feed. But my intention was to start breastfeeding and just see how we went. So towards the end of my pregnancy, I developed preeclampsia. It was quick and in the time between seeing my midwife and getting to the hospital within a couple of hours, my blood pressure has skyrocketed. And given the fact that I was 39 weeks and six days when this happened, the decision was made that I would be induced. Now, I wasn't that keen about being induced, but with preeclampsia, I knew that we had to get the baby out. So I went along with it. Uh, My induction was fairly simple and straightforward, I think. I had the pessary. I then had, um, that was the 24-hour pessary. And then I moved on to, I think it was a six-hour pessary. And I had one of them. And I was, by the end of that, dilated enough that they could break my waters. All of my birth plan immediately just went out the window because I didn't want my waters broken. That wasn't part of my birth plan. But I figured they know best, and so I went along with it. Now, anyone who has had an induced labour will know that an induced labour is apparently more painful than a regular labour, just based on the fact that your contractions come on very strong, very quickly. So as soon as my water had been broken, I was in full-blown labour, and that was really uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, Now I've obviously, I've never laboured naturally, but I believe that the build-up of contractions um, does help somewhat in the pain department. But in my induction, that wasn't the case because it was just all or nothing straight away. The pain was really intense and I felt like I started on the back foot because of that and I was unable to get into a good state of mind. I'd done hypnobirthing and I just felt like I couldn't really get ahead. Um, So I had an epidural um, which eventually rendered me bed bound um, and I ended up birthing on my back which also wasn't ideal. (laughs) So all of that to say that I had a long, arduous 18-hour labour, which ended in a assisted forceps delivery and an episiotomy. I then suffered a postpartum haemorrhage, and yeah, it was a good time. 
So breastfeeding. I initiated breastfeeding straight after birth. I felt like we were doing really well. Um, in the hospital, I felt like um, I got okay support, um, but I felt like I was doing it. There I was, breastfeeding. When we got home, things, however, were not going as well. Um, I was very sore, and I now know that was because we didn't have a very good latch. I didn't find the support at home helped me, and um, I guess as well, because my daughter had jaundice and was rapidly losing weight, and because she wasn't feeding effectively, I felt very pushed down the formula route. I tried to continue breastfeeding, I pumped, I tried to get my supply up. I was on a lot of medication from a lot of the issues from my birth and formula took over. It wasn't until months later that I realised how devastated I was due to the lack of support. I wasn't able to breastfeed my daughter. By the time she was six weeks old, she was fully formula fed. I was gutted. I was really gutted. And I actually didn't even realise how much I wanted to breastfeed her. I would go and get her weighed with the health visitors and I would express to them, you know, that I was sad that I wasn't able to breastfeed. But the support wasn't there. They told me that she was fine and that she was thriving and she was thriving on formula and I did my best. And that's all anyone can ask. But nobody cared about me. Nobody cared about how I felt about breastfeeding. Nobody cared that my breastfeeding goals were diminished. A healthy baby, that's all you want. But what about a healthy mum? My brain didn't feel very healthy. When I think back to that time, I try and think about what went wrong. We came home from hospital and I was very poorly and very exhausted. Having a postpartum hemorrhage left me with severe anemia and I was on iron tablets. I was very sore from my episiotomy. But I thought that was normal. This was my first baby. I didn't really know what to expect. After my community midwife discharged me, I was really alone. And God bless my community midwife, let me say that. She came round at the drop of a hat to try and help me with breastfeeding. She really did everything she could. She got the breastfeeding support worker to come in and help me. But it wasn't enough. There wasn't enough support. The formula seemed like it was helping. The problem is, once you start supplementing formula, in the most part, breastfeeding gets pushed back. And breastfeeding is a supply and demand thing, as I'm sure all of you know. I still think about what went wrong. I still do. It took me so long to be able to open up and talk about it. I was gutted. I was devastated. The health visitors didn't listen. They, all they were concerned about was that I had a healthy baby and that she was gaining weight so brilliantly. I had a really good friend, one of my NCT friends, and she listened to me. She really listened to me. Every time we were together, I'm sure it was something that came up, but I was so hurt and I needed to speak to somebody about it. It wasn't until months later 
really, really months later that I came across the term breastfeeding grief and trauma. And so I started to look into it a little more. I thought about my experience and what it meant to me. I was devastated. I was so devastated. But I had this healthy baby. Why was I still feeling so sad about feeding her? Because ultimately, in the long run, I knew she was thriving. So why was I hurting so much? When I came across breastfeeding grief and trauma and I looked into it, everything slotted into place. I knew that's what I had been suffering from. I would talk about it with my husband, about the experience I had of breastfeeding. But I could barely get the words out. It would make me cry. It took me such a long time to be able to sit here now, to sit here today, talking about this. It's incredible to me because I remember that girl who was unable to speak about breastfeeding her first child because the the hurt was so deep-rooted and I suffered so badly. I now know that it wasn't my fault. I now know that I did do everything that I could to breastfeed my child. What happened to me wasn't me failing. I was failed by a system that puts breastfeeding on such a pedestal when you're pregnant. But postnatally has no funding and there is no help to support you. Well, there's not no help. There is help. But it's not easy to access. And as a first-time mum, you don't even know that it exists. The problem is, this is common. When I first spoke out about breastfeeding trauma, my inbox on Instagram was filled with other mothers. Filled with other mothers who felt the same, who were sad, who felt like they had failed their child because they weren't able to breastfeed them. These were new mums. These were older mums. These were mums whose children had grown up. These were mums who carried the trauma of how they feed their baby for their entire lives. We are doing women such a disservice by not supporting them. We are affecting maternal mental health and we are affecting women for their entire lives. There are women with grown-up children who still carry the guilt on the way they were unable to feed their child and they were only unable to feed their child because they weren't supported in doing so. I know the common thing to say is fed is best. Fed isn't best. Fed is the bare minimum. All of our babies need to be fed. But mums need to be supported in how they want to feed their babies. Whether that be formula feeding or breastfeeding or combi feeding. Mums need to be supported. We need funding to support mums to be able to do this. It's far more far reaching than how a baby is fed. Mums matter too. We've all seen the joke about, you know, 
nobody nobody knows which children are breastfed by the time they reach school. It's not funny. I don't find it funny. Because I know. I know the experience I went through. And I know how I felt when I was unable to feed my child. Because the support to continue was just not there. This all came to a head for me. Particularly when I got pregnant with my second. When I found out I was pregnant, I was obviously overjoyed. A little shocked because it took us over two years to get pregnant with my daughter. And it took one try for my son. But there I was, pregnant, and I had to face the inevitable. Feeding. How would I go about feeding this time? I found Professor Amy Brown's book, Why Breastfeeding, Grief and Trauma Matter. And if any of this resonates to you at all, I thoroughly recommend downloading a copy because that single-handedly changed how I felt about my breastfeeding experience with my daughter. I even said to my husband at the time, if I read this book and I don't feel better, then I'm going to need to speak to somebody before I embark on feeding again. But... And I'm so grateful for this. After I read the book, I felt a lot better. I felt like I'd gone some way into making my peace with the situation. I don't think it will ever go away. And I think part of me will always carry a small piece of hurt about the way I was unsupported in achieving my feeding goals. However, I was ready to embark on feeding my son. And so that brings us to the present day. And here I am, eight months into having my son, eight months of exclusively breastfeeding. But it didn't come easy. The same problems cropped up. The same problems reared their ugly head. The same lack of support still existed. If it wasn't for my wonderful, wonderful lactation consultant, I wouldn't be where I am today. I emailed her desperately in the middle of the night, asking for a consultation. I could feel breastfeeding slipping away from me again, and I didn't know if I was strong enough to take it. She immediately responded to me when she was awake, and we organised a session, and she came to my home, and for 90 minutes, she helped me in every which way possible to breastfeed my son. She supported me for weeks after, She supports me to this day. Now she cheers me on whenever I send her a little landmark photo of how far we have come. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be breastfeeding. And so guess what? Heidi, if you're listening, what you did for me, I will never be able to repay because it was the most important thing to me in the whole world. So now I've composed myself. I hope that a little bit of vulnerability that snuck through there shows you just how important breastfeeding is to mothers who want to do it. It's not about diminishing formula feeding. It's about respecting women's choices in how they feed their baby. And it's about going so much further than that. It's enabling them 
to fulfill their feeding goals so that when their feeding experience is over, whenever it's over, and however they fed their baby, that they feel happy with it, that they feel like they did their best, that no matter what, they feel comforted that they achieved everything they wanted to achieve. Feeding trauma hurts. It hurts so deeply and so strongly. I don't think there's a way in this podcast I can even explain just how strong that feeling is. If you felt it, you know what I mean. Some women feel strong enough to try again. It took a lot for me to try again. It took a lot for me to open myself up to the possibility that I could try again and it could go wrong and I could end up in the same space or worse. I would be in a worse position because it would have happened twice. We need to do better for mums and we need to ensure that the people who make these decisions about the funding and the support that we get, they hear us. We need to be louder. We need to shout for mums. We need to ensure that they don't go through the experience that I went through, that they have their feeding goals acknowledged and understood and supported. Women shouldn't be abandoned at their most vulnerable. Women need to be supported to feed their baby however they wish to feed them. Breastfeeding mums need support. Formula feeding mums need support too. But in this particular subject, breastfeeding mums need support. They really do need more than what our current situation is offering. It is desperate. It is dire. Breastfeeding isn't easy. It's really hard. And we need somebody there to hold our hand. Women aren't going to be supported any more than they currently are. And it is not enough. I don't know what we can do to make it any different. But we're failing women. We are failing them in a system that encourages them to breastfeed and then fails to give them any support. Thank you so much for listening today as I open my heart on this subject. It's a subject that is so close to my heart that I feel so deeply about. And it hurts. Sometimes it still hurts. And sometimes, as you'll notice, that hurt still sneaks out. I feel so much better than I did. If you relate to any of this, I really recommend the book I mentioned earlier, Why Breastfeeding, Grief and Trauma Matters by Professor Amy Brown. Please don't suffer alone and don't suffer in silence. I know the support isn't there, but if you are feeling down or upset, you're feeling grief and trauma about the way that your feeding experience with your children panned out, go to your GP ask for help. I promise you aren't alone. Unfortunately, there are a lot of us and I hope it won't be that way in the future.